0: Dietrich Bonhoeffer is one of the great Christian heroes of the 20th century. His is a name that perhaps you're not familiar with, but let me say you need to be familiar with it. He was a pastor in the Confessing Church in Germany during the war years, during the 1930s and the 1940s, whenever the Fuhrer Adolf Hitler came to power. And Bonhoeffer, he became very alarmed by how the Nazi party were taking over the church in Germany. And of course, the aim and the goal of Hitler and the Nazis was to use the church as a propaganda arm for their vile regime. Many, many pastors in the church folded and capitulated to the Third Reich. Many pastors preached that Jesus wasn't a Jew. Because, you see, Hitler wanted the German people to believe that Jesus wasn't a Jew. No, he was an Aryan, as he referred to it. That was the term that he used, an Aryan or a a white man from a superior race than the Jews. That Jesus wasn't. He wasn't a Jew, he was... A white man. This was the kind of nonsense and heresy that Hitler believed himself and was determined that the people in Germany would believe. And so there were many of the, the preachers, the, the clergy men in the church, this is what they started to preach. And they started to toe the Nazi line. You know, there were some churches where where Jews who had become Christians were put out. There were other churches where believers of Jewish descent were cast out, excommunicated. This is in evangelical churches we're talking about now, folks. This is not in the mainstream churches that we talk about sometimes. Evangelical church in Germany, these were the kind of things that were happening. Do you know there were ministers in the the evangelical church who had uh, folded and had submitted to Hitler who even took the Nazi salute? You know, the, Heil Hitler! Unbelievable that that would happen in an evangelical church. But it was happening. And Bonhoeffer was very alarmed by what was going on. And so he formed what was known as the Confessing Church. They separated from the German Christian Church, which had been taken over by the Nazis. And they formed this Confessing Church. And Bonhoeffer and the man that, God willing, we'll think about tonight, Niemöller, another name you need to know about from church history, Men like this, they they were pastors in the confessing church. Well, ultimately, Bonhoeffer would pay with his life because he was executed by the Nazis for his opposition to Hitler. Do you know what age he was when he was murdered by the Nazis? Just 39. 39. But he, he was prepared to lay down his life for the cause of Christ. He was murdered or martyred, whatever term you care to use, in Flossenburg concentration camp in the mountains of Bavaria. We we will speak more about his martyrdom later in the service. But let me leave a text with you today. A text of scripture that's found on the memorial. If you were to go to Germany today to the to this place called Flossenburg, way out there into the, uh, the remote area. You see, this concentration camp was unique. All the other concentration camps were in built-up areas close to towns and cities. But this particular camp, death camp, where Bonhoeffer was executed, it was out in a remote area, way out in the mountains. But there's a memorial too, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and if you were to go to it today, you would see a scripture reference on it, Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. This is what it says, the verse we've read already today. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I want to say four things today about Bonhoeffer's Christianity. Let me say first of all that his Christianity was displayed in doing. His Christianity was displayed in doing. He was like his saviour of whom it's recorded in Acts chapter 10 verse 38. Jesus of Nazareth went about doing good. Our saviour went about doing good. Nobody could ever say that the Lord Jesus Christ was lazy. Boy, I tell you, there's a lot of lazy people today in this world. All their devices sitting about for hours and then. I I shudder sometimes to think about the screen time. And the the amount of time that has been wasted. I was just talking to my brother the other day. The amount of time that's wasted on screens today. You know what I said to him? I said... Why would this country be different if people, instead of spending all that time on their phone or whatever it is, were spending the time reading the Bible or in prayer? Maybe that's part of the problem today. Bonhoeffer, well, he didn't sit about and fritter away his time. Christianity was displayed in doing he was always active, always doing something for his saviour who had done so much for him do you remember that back during the or prior, just prior to the 1859 revival in Ulster, do you remember that what one of the ministers said to some of the folk in his church, he said do something more do something more wonder, folks, is, is there something more we could do for Christ in 2023? Well, I'm not saying that you can do more, but you've got to get before the Lord and you've got to ask him. And I've got to do the same. But Bonhoeffer was always doing After the Lord saved him, before he was saved, he realized that doing was a deadly thing, that all his works were like filthy rags. But after he was saved, he realized that that, that his good works were ordained by the Lord. And they were glorifying to the Lord. And his good works were his way of showing his gratitude to the Savior for bleeding and dying for him and shedding his blood and, and rising again from the dead. Yes, Bonhoeffer's Christianity was displayed in doing. You see, he could have remained an academic theologian at the University of Berlin where he was a professor. But instead he insisted that Christianity had to be lived out in the public square. And to be a disciple of Christ was to do something. Beliefs must have consequences Whether it was to work for good or to work against evil, Bonhoeffer was no armchair Christian and we shouldn't be either. He wasn't a pietist. You know the type of person who says uh, oh don't have any um, contact with the outside world. Don't speak about what's happening in the world out there from the pulpit. Don't, don't get here today, oh don't don't get involved in politics. Don't mention politics from the pulpit. But boy, that would rule a lot of the people in the Bible out then, a lot of the prophets and men and women in the Bible, for they certainly got involved with what was happening around them in their day and generation. But you see, the problem today is that you've got a lot of pietists in the, in the church, and then we, 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 we wonder why people turn around and say the church is irrelevant. Well, you couldn't accuse Bonhoeffer of being a pietist, you know, just staying within, inside the four walls of the church and um, just keep it like that. No, Bonhoeffer was made of sterner stuff. He didn't live in a cocoon like most Christians in his day lived, And like most Christians in our day live in their little cocoon. And oblivious to all that the devil is doing in the world out there. No, he was different. On one occasion he said, and this is one of his most famous statements. Silence in the face of evil is itself evil. God will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. So let's challenge ourselves today as we think about Bonhoeffer and his Christianity being displayed in his doing. Let's ask ourselves the question today are we doers as well? Or are we just hearers? Let us ask the question of ourselves today. If we were accused of being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict us? Think about that today. If you were accused of being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? If I was accused of being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict me? Well, there was certainly enough evidence to convict Dietrich Bonhoeffer for he was not just a hearer of the word he was a doer of the word he was the real McCoy where did he get the power to do what he did well it's in our text for today 2nd Timothy 1 7 look at it again for God hath not given us the spirit of fear but of power there it is power What was it that enabled Bonhoeffer to take a stand for Christ when Hitler was at his zenith? The power of the Holy Spirit. The power is freely available to every Christian, not just to a select few. Power from the Lord. God hath not given us the spirit of fear. If you're a Christian today and you're afraid, your fear is not from the Lord. You understand that? Well, where is it, where is it from? Well, it's from the devil. Because the devil loves to fill Christians with fear because he knows when they're fearful, they're powerless. And they're weak as water and they're like lemmings and pygmies. If you are not a Christian, well, obviously you ought to be afraid today. If you're not right with God, you ought to be scared. Because you're only a a breath away from hell, you're only a heartbeat away from hell, you're hanging by a thread over the pit of hell. And you're not afraid? And you shrug your shoulders and chew your gum? May God have mercy upon you and send the Holy Ghost down upon you and convict you of your sins so that you will flee to Christ today. And the same goes for you, backslider. Dietrich Bonhoeffer's Christianity was displayed in his doing, but secondly, it was displayed in his daring, in his daring You see, there was courage in this man. Courage was overflowing from this man with with a strange name that most Christians, Christians don't really take any interest in today, but they ought to take an interest in him. What a courageous character he was. And we're back to 2 Timothy 1, verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, The spirit of fear, that phrase just means cardice. God hasn't given us the spirit of cardice. But of power. And of love and of a sound mind. God hasn't given us cardice. He hasn't put cardice in in our hearts today. No, he's put courage in our hearts today. God is always the one who gives courage to his people. It's there for the asking if you want Courage ask the Lord for it. He'll give it to you. The most courageous person who ever walked the face of this earth was the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you if you want courage, he's the one that you need to go to today. Courage for whatever situation you are facing. You may not have to uh, give your life for Christ. You may not be martyred for him, but But I have no doubt that there are issues and situations in your life and the life of your family today and you need courage to face them. And I want to encourage you today that the Lord is waiting to give that courage to you. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Bonhoeffer, was brimming over with courage. He was one of the first German Christians to denounce Hitler. He worked against the Nazis for 12 years, knowing that at any moment he could be arrested, imprisoned, and killed. Do you know that in 1939, when Hitler invaded Poland... And World War II began. Do you know that Bonhoeffer took but Bonhoeffer traveled to New York, but he didn't stay there? because he heard what was happening back in his native Germany. He heard about what Hitler and the Third Reich were doing and he came to the conclusion that he could not remain in in the United States. He would have to go back to Germany and take a stand. He couldn't stay in, in New York and hide away from all the trouble that his Church, the confessing church, was going through, and his congregation and the believers in Germany, and he was going back to defy the Fuhrer. He was courageous in the extreme. And so he took a boat back to Germany and displayed his daring. Yes, his Christianity was displayed in daring we could do with a lot more daring people today. What was it that caused Bonhoeffer to be so daring for Christ or so courageous for the Lord? What was it? What was the motivation, what was the inspiration that caused him to be like that? Well, it was simply love. You see, that's what our text today speaks of power and love and a sound mind. Love. Bonhoeffer loved Christ first and foremost. That's, that's, that, that was his first love. Christ, Jesus, the Saviour, the Redeemer of mankind, was his first love. And the Lord Jesus should be our first love today as believers. I hear a lot of talk about love thy neighbor. I hear a lot of talk about love the lost. But before all of that should be love for Christ. As Christians, we must love Jesus Christ more than anyone or anything. So it was love for Christ that caused Bonhoeffer to be daring. But there was obviously love for the church in Germany. The one church, not just the uh, not just his denomination, but all believers who were part of the one true church of Jesus Christ in Germany, Bonhoeffer loved his brothers and sisters in Christ. He loved the lost, of course. He he tried to reach the lost, as any true Christian will do, if you're not making some effort to reach the unconverted, I, you you really need to put a question mark over your conversion. It just comes naturally. I mean it's it's like you know driving a car. You know, whenever you get you, you learn the lessons and after a year or two it's just second nature. You jump into the car, you don't have to wonder how to change the gears, how to accelerate, how to brake. Just second nature. When you're saved, being a witness for Christ and trying to win someone for Christ is second nature. Bonhoeffer loved the Jews, obviously. That's relevant for this weekend, International Holocaust Remembrance Weekend. Bonhoeffer had a love for the Lord's ancient people. That's why during his lifetime, he did all in his power. He did his level best to hide Jews and to rescue Jews from the murdering Nazi thugs. He loved Jewish people. Not like the BBC reporter in the Middle East. You didn't hear her. Hitler was right. Oh, that's what she said. Hitler was right. Bonhoeffer was different. He loved the Jews. And his love for them caused him to be daring, courageous. His love for the Jews, his love for the lost, his love for the church, but preeminently his love for Jesus Christ caused him to leave America and to go back to Germany. And more or less, he was writing and signing his death warrant. But he was a daring individual, and I tell you, we need more of that elk today in the church If we had more of that elk in the church in the West today, we wouldn't be in the sorry state that we're in today. His Christianity was displayed in his doing, his Christianity was displayed in his daring, but his Christianity, thirdly, was displayed in his defying, his defying. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the Bible, who defied Nebuchadnezzar, who said, bow before the idol, Bonhoeffer defied. He defied the powers that be, he defied the authorities, just like Daniel, you remember when Daniel was told not to pray, Daniel defied the powers that be. I know this comes as a shock to people who think that you should literally obey everything that the government tells you to do, but that's not what the Bible teaches. And so when Daniel was told to stop, to stop praying for a month Daniel did the opposite. He prayed three times a day, and just to rub it in, he opened his window so that everybody would see that he was praying and defying. He pledged allegiance to a higher power than King Darius. Just like the wise men, Bonhoeffer was in the same category as the wise men. You remember that Herod, that monster who slaughtered the innocents of Bethlehem, Herod said, When you have been to see the, the baby Jesus, then come back and tell me where he is, because I want to go and worship him. But they defied Herod, they disobeyed him. Just like Peter and the, the other apostles. We'll maybe say more about that tonight. Remember Peter and the apostles? Acts chapter 5 we ought to obey God rather than men. Defiance. Bonhoeffer was prepared to defy those who commanded him to do that which God commanded him not to do. And those who were commanding him not to do that which God was commanding him to do. It was a no brainer. He didn't even have to think about it. You see folks, when tyranny becomes law, resistance becomes duty. When tyranny becomes law, uh, resistance becomes duty. Tyranny was taking over Germany and Europe and Bonhoeffer realised that he had to take a stand. Faced with a threatening government and a church that remained silent, Bonhoeffer spoke out boldly against both. The National Church, the church given to Germany by Luther, had endorsed the Nazi party. They pledged allegiance to the Nazi party. Bonhoeffer and the Confessing Church pledged allegiance to Christ. Finally, let me say that Dietrich Bonhoeffer's Christianity was displayed not only in his doing and his daring and his defying, but in his dying. In his dying. As he wrote in his classic book, The Cost of Discipleship, when Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. And that is exactly what happened to Bonhoeffer at daybreak, On April 9, 1945, he was taken from his prison cell and hanged. His final words were remembered and later retold by a captured RAF pilot. This is what Bonhoeffer said. His dying words, his his final words, his last words on earth. Listen to them. This is for me the beginning of of life, the beginning of life. You see, his earthly life was coming to an end, but he was going to join that glorious army of martyrs. And you know that the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. That was something that Bishop George Bell, an Anglican bishop who was uh, close friends with Bonhoeffer during his life, that is something that Bishop Bell said at a memorial service in London on the 27th of July, 1945. But he became part of the glorious army of martyrs, and though his earthly life came to an end, his life with Christ in heaven and paradise was just beginning he was engaged to be married whenever he was murdered he left behind a fiance there was a doctor in the camp in Flossenburg camp where he passed away and this is what the doctor said <clears throat> the words that very fitting as we bring our message to an end today. On the morning of that day, the day when Bonhoeffer was executed, between five and six o'clock, the prisoners were taken from their cells. And the verdicts of the court-martial read out to them, Through the half-open door in one room of the huts, I saw Pastor Bonhoeffer, before taking off his prison garb, kneeling on the floor, praying fervently to his God. I was most deeply moved by the way this lovable man prayed. So devout and so certain that God heard his prayer. At the place of execution, he again said a short prayer and then climbed the steps to the gallows, brave and composed. His death ensued after a few seconds. In the almost 50 years that I worked as a doctor... I have hardly ever seen a man die so entirely submissive to the will of God. High above Westminster Abbey's west door are statues of ten modern martyrs. And there stands the figure of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He deserves that place.